G'day folks, welcome to episode 142 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week we're going to be talking about the issue that has been on everyone's lips for the past week or so, Log4Shell, this new vulnerability in the Apache Log4J uh, Java logging library that has yeah, seemingly set the whole internet on fire. So we're going to have a deep dive into that and find out a bit more what it's all about, uh, how it affects Ubuntu and yeah, what you may need to be doing within your own organizations as a result. Plus, we will do our usual roundup of security fixes that have been done by the team for the past week as well. So uh, let's just dive straight into that. So up first, we had an update for BlueZ for Ubuntu uh, 18.04. Uh, this was a heat-based buffer overflow that could be uh, triggered when handling large SDP requests. So basically, you would need the pairing device to be sending overly large data here and could possibly crash or get code execution as a result uh, on your machine. Uh, but that has been fixed. Uh, an update as well to the latest version of Firefox 95.0 for Ubuntu releases 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, 21.04 and 21.10. Uh, this includes the usual mix of the kind of issues that we see for things like Firefox and Chromium and other web browsers and web frameworks. You know, if you are visiting uh, malicious sites, they could be getting uh, possible code execution, uh, doing cross-site scripting attacks against you, all that kind of stuff. An update as well for glib, uh, one vulnerability here fixed for Ubuntu 1404 uh, extended security maintenance, 1604 extended security maintenance, and 1804 long-term support. Uh, so this actually relates back to uh, some old discussions on the OSS security mailing list around the use of the charset alias um, environment variable. Basically, glib would respect this environment variable, and you could then, uh, if you had applications like um, PKExec, which is uh, setUID, it's a policy kit executor that can be used to say run graphical applications with root privileges uh, because they're then linked against glib uh, and it uh, is going to uh, read that environment variable. If you can then set that to something malicious, uh, you could then possibly get it to dump parts of files that are owned by root and that you wouldn't normally be able to read. Uh, so the fix of this is pretty easy, just have glib not respect that environment variable. Uh, so that's been fixed as well for glib. Uh, some updates for Samba as well. So I talked about Samba updates back in episode 138 and 141. Uh, unfortunately, there were some more regressions that were found uh, by Upstream as a result of these most latest uh, security fixes. So yeah, we've uh, delivered some more updates uh, to ship those Upstream patches to fix those regressions. Uh, we've got an update as well for Flatpak. So this is for Ubuntu releases 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, 21.04 and 21.10. Uh, single vulnerability here uh, it was possible for a flat packed application to potentially escape uh, the flat pack sandbox by tricking uh, services that were running on the host when it communicates with them that it wasn't actually a flat packed application that it was just a regular unconfined application and then those services would then go and perform actions on its behalf that it wouldn't traditionally allow a flat packed application to be able to do so you could escalate your privileges through that and potentially escape outside of that confinement an update as well for the X server, uh, four different uh, out-of-bounds writes here for that as well. These could all be triggered by uh, X clients. You could then cause the X server to crash or possibly get code execution as the X server there as well. Uh, once upon a time, this would have been, you know, I guess a bigger vulnerability because the X server ran as root traditionally, but nowadays uh, X runs as your user. And so the impact of this is, I guess, more limited. And obviously in even more recent releases, X is being replaced by Wayland. And so even on, uh, say, Ubuntu 21.10 that I'm running on my own machine, uh, we now run Wayland by default, not X. So yeah, I don't even have an X server running on my machine at the moment. So yeah, it's good to see things like this, uh, you know, these newer um, security architectures that have been built for things like Wayland are 
are delivering uh, some real benefits there. And finally, uh, the thing that everyone has been talking about, Apache Log4j, uh, the log, uh, sh- Log4Shell exploit. Uh, let's dive into that. So uh, yeah, we uh, did two security updates actually for uh, Log4j here. Uh, the first of these was the vulnerability that broke, well, just over a week ago now. Uh, so this was actually dropped on Twitter. Uh, security researcher there, uh, they've actually deleted their tweet since, but I've got a link in the show notes to that tweet uh, from the Internet Archive, uh, the Wayback Machine. So yeah, they uh, announced this tweet on uh, kind of late Thursday, early Friday morning, my time uh, last week, linking to this upstream GitHub issue of uh, Apache Log4j, and basically describing that there was possible remote code execution vulnerability there. Uh, pretty quickly that got picked up by, I guess, a lot of the security community. Uh, this was looking like it was going to be quite a big vulnerability. Uh, Log4j is in many different software components and it was thought this was going to be pretty wide reaching. By then the time the weekend started ticking on, uh, it was even being picked up by the mainstream news here in Australia. You know, our national news service was uh, talking about this. And I guess you know that a security vulnerability is a real problem if uh, regular people are talking about it, not just us security wonks. Uh, so yeah, in that time, then across the weekend and early this week, uh, vendors and distros have all been scrambling to try and patch the vulnerability. Uh, so for Ubuntu, we released updates uh, on late Monday, and uh, so that's updating to this, uh, well, what was the latest version then, 2.15.0 for the more recent Ubuntu releases, and uh, for uh, Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support, we actually removed the uh, vulnerable class uh, entirely because Log4j has this mechanism where it can kind of uh, use a feature if it's there or sort of fall back to not using it if it's not. So that kind of rendered it immune at that point. So that, that's, I guess, the high-level view. But taking a step back, what is uh, Log4j? So Log4j is this, or Logforge, as I hear it's actually uh, pronounced by the Java developers, but I'm going to call it Log4j because I think that's uh, its real name. Uh, it's an extremely popular and widely used Java package for doing logging within applications. As a result, it's used by a huge number of different Java applications out there. Uh, it's developed by the Apache Software Foundation. It's incorporated into a lot of their own products, but uh, it's also used by a lot of other just Java um, programs out there too. Uh, it's the second hundred and fifty second most popular component in uh, the Maven central repo. Uh, that, well, that's for download volume for November this year. Uh, and that puts it in the top 0.03% of popularity by downloads. So extremely popular uh, Java package. Uh, it's also a dependency in close to at least 7,000 other open source projects that can be easily found. Uh, and, you know, it's even used in uh, the Mars Rovers Ingenuity Helicopter. You know, the Apache Software Foundation actually tweeted about that uh, earlier this year. Uh, that tweet didn't age very well, I guess, now because, hey, even, uh, you know, our uh, helicopters on Mars can have software vulnerabilities, it seems. As I said, it's used in lots of other Apache Software Foundation products, things like Apache Struts, Spark, uh, Kafka, Solar, uh, and uh, a bunch of others as well, plus a lot of other uh, Java software products out there too, things like Elasticsearch or Elastic Logstash, uh, Graylog2, uh, even Minecraft, uh, both the client and the server. And actually, there were some initial reports floating around that this was first being seen exploited against uh, Minecraft servers. And so that, yeah, I guess nowadays, we seem to find out vulnerabilities when the kids start using them to uh, you know, take over Minecraft servers. <laughs> uh, and that's not to mention just the various enterprise products, things like Apple iCloud, Steam, uh, Samsung Cloud Storage, and a bunch of others as well. So yeah, Log4j seems to be everywhere. Uh, but what is this vulnerability in particular? So this is in uh, the JNDI or the Java Naming and Directory Interface uh, sort of feature or part of Log4j. 
Uh, and so JNDI allows Java objects to be referenced uh, externally, and then you can load them and use them at runtime as a result. And it supports different protocols that you can use to go and fetch uh, Java classes. So you can specify things like LDAP or even DNS or you know, other sorts of resources that you can use to load these classes over. Uh, the problem in this case was that log4j would support looking up variables that had encoded a JNDI reference. What that means is that if you can get a, you know, one of these JNDI references injected into the log file or into the log as it's uh, being logged, uh, then uh, log4j will then go and look up that uh, Java class through you know, whatever mechanism, in particular LDAP seemed to be widely used for a lot of these exploits. It would retrieve that class and then go and execute it directly. And so uh, you can imagine this is a very easy remote code execution attack. Things do not get much easier than that. Uh, so obviously a uh, lot of um, different products are going to log things like HTTP headers and stuff. So we saw some of the uh, early exploits and proof of concepts were just injecting this uh, uh, crafted string into various HTTP headers. But really there's a lot of ways uh, that this can be triggered. Uh, as I say, it doesn't get much easier than this for remote code execution, especially given that uh, Java it builds itself as write once, run anywhere. Uh, you know, there's no architectural specific issues that we see for things like natively compiled language, like uh, C and C++. Uh, in this case, Java uh, bytecode will run on any JVM basically. And so given, I guess, how uh, easy this is to exploit, it's not surprising to see that this was given the highest possible CVSS score of a 10.0 by the Apache Software Foundation. So as I said, uh, Log4j is in lots of different places. Uh, you know, this is a really widespread issue. It's going to affect a lot of different components, uh, software components, and a lot of them actually have Log4j directly embedded within them. So it's not necessarily just sufficient to say, in the case of Ubuntu, you know, update your uh, libLog4j that we ship, uh, that you know, we have now released updates for. There could be, you know, if you are running other applications on top of Ubuntu, they probably have their own copies of Log4j within them that you then may need to go and patch directly yourself. You know, lots of um, different proprietary applications, that kind of thing. They're probably using this. You know, if you've got proprietary Java applications, they're probably using Log4j there. And so you're going to go need to go and chase your upstream vendors, or you're going to need to try and patch this yourself. Uh, so talking about uh, manually patching it, you know, the easiest option, as I said, would be to go back to your vendor and to get updates directly from them. But failing that, uh, you know, you can actually directly patch this because recent or more recent versions of Log4j will handle the case where this class, which is uh, JNDI lookup, doesn't exist at all. You can actually go and delete that class directly. So you would go looking for the Log4j uh, jar archives, you uh, unzip those because they're just a zip file, uh, remove that class file from them and then zip them back up and that would uh, kind of neutralize this vulnerability in most cases. And so, you know, we did see this being exploited in a lot of different ways. As I said, we heard um, reports of people uh, popping Minecraft servers as a result, but uh, there's even been reports of just the more traditional attacks like people deploying crypto miners and the like. Uh, but given how widespread this issue is and how much coverage it's gotten, you know, it's lucky that everyone uh, that wants to be doing nefarious things knows about it and is looking to actively exploit it. So it's something that uh, you, you've probably heard about it by now and your teams are probably already reacting to it, but if they're not, you really need to be getting on top of this one. Uh, this looks like it's kind of going to be the this is going to be a vulnerability that's going to be with us for a long time. There are lots of different old uh, Java software stacks out there still running, lots of potentially embedded devices running Java that are going to need to be patched as well. Uh, it makes me wonder whether uh, you know this is going to be the sort of next Mirai style botnet that will be you know various uh, devices actually now running Java that get compromised and used for that kind of thing. 
Um, as I say, yeah, we probably will be hearing about this one for a long time to come. It's going to be interesting to see how it uh, evolves. Speaking of evolving, uh, in all the drama, it actually turned out there was a second vulnerability. So the initial update for Log4J uh, was still found that there was possibility to cause at least a denial of service against it still uh, in sort of default configurations. And there's actually been a more recent report uh, from some security researchers that they could still do uh, information leaking or possible data exfiltration as a result. So a second uh, upstream release was done, 2.16.0 uh, for that. We've already released updates for that one as well. Uh, and actually the update we did for originally for Ubuntu 18.04 by removing the effector class uh, neutralized this one as well. So yeah, uh, you know, stay on the lookout, be actively looking into this one because we do think this is going to be uh, an issue for a while to come and people really need to be getting on top of it. All right, uh, so yeah, just uh, wrapping up for uh, this week. Uh, I did talk last week about uh, some new special content that we're going to be having over the holidays. I actually hope to bring you some of that in this episode, but with uh, the Log4J stuff blowing up, I thought it was more important uh, to look at that. But over the holiday period, I will be bringing uh, some awesome uh, holiday specials that one of our new team members, uh, Camilla, has put together. Uh, Camilla, also known as Moss Octopus on GitHub, uh, she's compiled this great two-part series about cybersecurity threats and, I guess, remediation techniques you can be taking during the holidays to try to best protect uh, you know, your machines and your businesses and that kind of thing. Uh, I'll, as I say, I'll be publishing that over the next couple of weeks whilst the uh, podcast takes a bit of a break from its regular programming. Speaking of that, yeah, the podcast will be on break and we'll be back uh, early in January. Uh, we do wish all our listeners a safe and happy time across the holidays if you are celebrating them. Uh, fingers crossed we don't get another log for shell type vulnerability that drops and kind of ruins all our holidays. Uh, yeah, and so let's hope everyone can have a proper break and recharge ready for 2022. And yeah, we'll be back then to bring you all the news for Ubuntu security again uh, Yeah, early next year. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It uh, has been great doing this all again for you. If you want to get in contact with the team, as usual, you can find us uh, in the Ubuntu security channel on the libero.chat IRC network. You can email us at security.ubuntu.com or you can even find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec as well. So thanks everyone. I will be back again with you all in a few weeks. Remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.